0: We can make a difference. It's my turn for breakfast this morning, Gromit. I like a three-minute day. D- well, uh, 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 steady on. Wow! Gromit! Oh! Well, that went as well as could be expected, didn't it? In a world performing with movies, we need a hero. Someone to separate the bad from the good. She'll watch until the end and then she'll give you her reaction. We should know we should tell. True singles remained as a trivia and I'd tell us we should know. We should tell some interesting stories for the
1: categories. Hi everyone, I'm Emma, and welcome to Bubble Diorama episode 194. The wrong trousers. This is the podcast that's all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't. And welcome to Verbal Diorama. Whether you are a regular returning listener, whether you are an irregular returning listener, whether you are a brand new listener to this podcast, thank you so much for being here. This is a really special episode. Actually, all of these episodes are really special. But thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast. I am delighted to have you here for the history and legacy of The Wrong Trousers. And the reason this is a very special episode, and they all are actually this week, is this is actually the second of five very special episodes to celebrate this podcast's fourth birthday. Can you believe it's been four years that I've been doing this podcast? Honestly, I have no idea how I've actually done this. I look back and I'm like, how? How have you done 194 episodes over four years? It's crazy. It's genuinely crazy. But four years ago, February 2019, I released the very first episode of Verbal Diorama. And so every birthday, I try and do a little bit more, give a little bit more back. And normally I do three episodes over three days. And then I thought, well, what's better than three episodes over three days? Surely it would be four episodes over four days for the fourth birthday. But no, because I'm a bit of a weirdo and I wanted to do Wallace and Gromit. I was like, no, I'm going to do five episodes. So yesterday you got the first Nick Park's Wallace and Gromit shorts, A Grand Day Out. Today you're getting the wrong trousers. Tomorrow you'll get a close shave. Thursday will be the feature length, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. And finally, Friday... A Matter of Loaf and Death. This series on Wallace and Gromit is actually part of something that I'm calling animation season, or that I do call animation season because that's what it is. I do animation season every year. So this is animation season 2023. This is the ninth episode of animation season. It follows episodes on The Nightmare Before Christmas, Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest, Inside Out, South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut. The Emperor's New Groove, Perfect Blue, The Pirates in an Adventure with Scientists, and A Grand Day Out. And obviously, thank you so much if you've listened to any or all of those episodes. So why do I do animation season? Well, the first reason is animation. It's not just for children. Don't dismiss it that it's just for children because it isn't. Animation is for everyone. Second... Animation is not a genre. It irks me that streaming services label animation as its own specific genre. It's not, because animation can be of any genre. And what I love so much about Wallace and Gromit, in this short in particular, the Ardman team started to pick and choose little homages to other movies, to other genres, to other types of film. And it's something they would continue to do with Wallace and Gromit going forward. Obviously, Wallace and Gromit, It is so quintessentially British. They are icons of the British film industry. And A Grand Day Out gave them a great head start into the industry. But it was The Wrong Trousers that really cemented their icon status. I don't know anyone who doesn't love The Wrong Trousers. So let's talk about how they made The Wrong Trousers. The history and legacy of Wallace and Gromit continues with the trailer for The Wrong Trousers. Get up and get ready for an incredible Academy Award-winning adventure. It's a hilarious comedy that your whole family is going to love. Meet Wallace and Gromit, two friends who are about to confront an evil penguin. A
0: unique pair of pants. Face adventure. Thrills. And most of all, laughs. And
1: the critics love it. A small masterpiece. A brand-new classic, a unique brand of filmmaking, brilliantly funny. You and your family will want to watch The Wrong Trousers again and again.
0: Help me, it's The Wrong Trousers, Gromit.
1: The Academy Award-winning The Wrong Trousers, wherever video is sold. Sorry! It's the 12th of February. Gromit's birthday and he is presented with two new birthday presents. A gift wrapped present of a dog collar and leash and Wallace's latest invention, a pair of automated robot controlled mechanical trousers. It isn't long before things go wrong though when a mysterious new lodger steals the invention with Wallace inside and plans to steal a huge diamond. As with last episode, I can't really go through the cast of this movie except to simply say the late, great Peter Sallis stars in this movie as the voice of Wallace. The Wrong Trousers was written by Nick Park, Bob Baker and Brian Sibley and was directed by Nick Park. This episode is coming up two days after Gromit's birthday completely unintentionally and following the success of A Grand Day Out, plans were afoot, not by Feathers McGraw, but by Nick Park for a second Wallace and Gromit adventure. Unlike A Grand Day Out, which was primarily Park working alone for the majority of the film, this next short film would be a collaborative affair, and it started with getting a new writing partner in Bob Baker. This was after a first unsuccessful attempt at drafting a new story with Brian Sibley, best known for his radio adaptation of The Lord of the Rings with Michael Bakewell in 1981. Baker was previously a writer for Doctor Who between 1971 and 1979, during the time of the third Doctor, John Pertwee, and the fourth Doctor, Tom Baker, and most famously created the robotic dog K9. Together, Park and Baker penned a script for what would become The Wrong Trousers, aiming for it to be bigger than A Grand Day Out in every respect, except in the length of time it would take to produce. A Grand Day Out took six years to make its 23 minute runtime. The aim this time around, though, was less than half that. And with a new team at Ardman, it was definitely possible. This new team included directors of photography, Tristan Oliver and Dave Alex Riddett. They'd known each other for 10 years. They'd worked together in children's TV and commercials and would be introduced to Ardman after borrowing some of their equipment. Ardman relocated to a new facility on Gas Ferry Road in Bristol in 1992, The team spent 14 months working on the wrong trousers in a small area of the studio, which was a large open area that had once been a warehouse for ripening bananas. This script paid homage to and was inspired by film noir, as well as the 1951 film The Lavender Hill Mob, and Ealing Studios' pictures like The Lady Killers. Obviously, stop-motion animation has to be carefully planned from the outset. Inspiration for the story would also come from Tom and Jerry cartoons, and the team would rely on their memory of the cartoons rather than re-watching them. It was clear from the outset that this idea of a science fiction heist chase movie was so much larger in scale and scope to a grand day out and would need more sets than before. The company Cod Stakes was a three-minute walk from Ardman's new Gas Ferry Road studio and assistant art director Phil Lewis designed and constructed the sets, including a 20-foot long set for the famous train chase, which I'm going to come back to in a bit, the sets themselves were hand-painted by art director Yvonne Fox, including the wallpaper and carpets. She used to work at Cosgrove Hall, another famous British stop-motion animation studio, famous for the TV show Trapdoor. If you are a British millennial, you will definitely remember Trapdoor. The eponymous trousers were created by puppeteer Jan Sanger in collaboration with engineer John Wright. The midriff and boots were made of solid resin, while the legs were foam latex with a ball and socket armature. The feet, ankles, knees and hip joints were constructed of brass and phosphor bronze. It was Yvonne Fox who came up with the idea to place magnets under the floor to keep the puppets upright. This would also be used to show Wallace in the wrong trousers scaling the walls and ceilings and would form the reflection you see in the window at the exhibit Is actually the magnets on the other side of the glass. Obviously, Doctor Who would also become kind of applicable here as well. Because Wallace's house at 62 West Wallaby Street, Wigan, is indeed a bit of a TARDIS when it comes to space inside. And that's obviously mostly in relation to the train sequence, which is not only the most famous sequence in the film, but one of the best stop-motion sequences full stop. The camera shooting the event was mounted to the train in order to create the chaotic chase effect. Riddit or Oliver would push the camera by hand about three inches at a time, whenever the train needed to move. When they did, the camera, which was mounted on a crane and moved along its own tracks, would either pull or push the train from the front or back using a thread. Initially, according to Oliver, they planned to operate the train at a speed of 60 miles per hour. After conducting several tests, they concluded that this appeared to be very ponderous. In the end, the train moves at 10 centimeters each frame or the equivalent of 300 miles per hour. Every time the crew ran out of set, which happened every 1.5 seconds, a sofa would be placed in front of the camera to intentionally block the view. After moving the furniture around and picking up the sofa to put it back at the start of the set, the team would restart the routine. Oliver describes a procedure that is more complex than it needs to be as being, quote, very, very simply done, unquote. Whereas a grand day out was Nick Park's achievement, the wrong trousers was a true collaborative team effort. With no internet, email, message boards or overviews into anyone else's techniques, the team at Ardman had one option. Work together to problem solve, but to do it in a British way with tea and biscuits. Ideas like, how do we get a penguin to shoot a gun? The answer was using Perspex rods that you shine a light through and it looks in frame like a bullet. And how do you make a penguin fly through the air and land in a bottle? Feathers McGraw was placed on a piece of glass cut in half vertically so he wouldn't slide around and then they filmed him from above. A substantial section of kitchen wallpaper was rolling along beneath the glass. This made it possible for the penguin to appear distinct in comparison to his surroundings as he looked to fly in the direction of Gromid, who inadvertently traps him in an empty milk bottle. It's a penguin that animator Steve Box still keeps next to his bed. And when Gromit leaves the house, the rain effect was created by placing tiny glycerin blobs on a sheet of glass and blowing them frame by frame down its surface. So the characters appear to be standing in a downpour. Once again, the music for The Wrong Trousers was done by Nick Park's university friend Julian Knott. He drew inspiration from the music of frequent Hitchcock collaborator Bernard Herrmann and originally planned to give the train sequence a typical Hollywood fast-paced chase music. Which they did try, but it didn't have the typical Wallace and Gromit sense of fun. So this was changed to comedy music. In the first showing of the movie, the first VHS release and the 1999 DVD release, the song Happy Birthday to You is played when Gromit opens his birthday card. But this was changed to For He's a Jolly Good Fellow in later home release videos and broadcasts to prevent copyright violations, likely due to this version of Happy Birthday being copyrighted. Two specific tunes from the Penguins' radio were also changed, again due to copyright issues, and were substituted with unknown musical compositions played through a Hammond organ. Even though the Blu-ray version includes the commentary track with the modified music, the original soundtrack can still be heard in the background of the DVD release's commentary track. The movie's original music is also audible in translations into other languages. The Wrong Trousers was premiered at the Annecy Animation Film Festival on a giant screen next to a lake at night. Crowds cheered for it and buzz started for the short film immediately, with Disney executives contacting Aardman based on the positive feedback of the screening. And an airing of A Grand Day Out on Christmas Day 1993 was followed by the premiere of The Wrong Trousers on Boxing Day, a proper cracking Christmas treat grommet. With a sharper plot, funnier dialogue and even more sophisticated and meticulously designed production than its predecessor, The Wrong Trousers won rave reviews from critics. It currently still sits at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and it is one of the most popular animated short films ever produced. It's gone on to win over 40 prestigious international honours, including winning the Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film and there was no Nick Park creature comforts to steal it this time around. It was also awarded the Grand Prix at the Tampere Film Festival and the Grand Prix at the World Festival of Animated Film, Animafest Zagreb in 1994. The BBC took over the television distribution right for the Wallace and Gromit films from this point on and the series has remained firmly linked to the channel ever since. This, along with the other Wallace and Gromit shorts, are currently available to watch for free on its iPlayer service and I would absolutely recommend you do because that's how I've been watching them. And, of course, The Wrong Trousers would be followed in the series in 1995 with a close shave. 2005's The Curse of the Were-Rabbit came to cinemas. And in 2008, another short called A Matter of Loaf and Death. The Wrong Trousers is seen by many as the greatest achievement Aardman has ever produced. And Aardman themselves genuinely believe that it is the best thing that they have ever done. It was the first real Wallace and Gromit short by the entire team. Competitive, ambitious, and a highly skilled team who had nothing to lose, as well as a huge amount of creative freedom, based on the feedback from a grand day out, and under the now expert hands of Nick Park, who, despite not being completely involved this time around, still had his hands firmly in the pot of plasticy. It's all about learning to share your creations and opening it up to new ideas and experiences. This was a team determined to make the best Wallace and Gromit short they possibly could. And they did. Wallace and Gromit has always been tinged in horror. And Feathers McGraw is probably one of their scariest creations. With his emotionless face, his manipulation of Wallace and his lack of compassion for Gromit. Which just makes you feel so much for the character. But it's really the train sequence for which this will always be held in the highest esteem. Because it is a masterpiece. The Wrong Trousers also inspired an annual charity fundraising event called Wrong Trousers Day which began in 1997 and is still held every year, involving people donning strange colourful trousers or bottoms for sponsorship. Nick Park has always held the wrong trousers in high regard as his personal favourite of his films, the standard to which all his other work should be held. With Wallace and Gromit's popularity booming across the world, a more detailed story would come next. And with more supporting characters, characters who talk... And would also introduce a pivotal character to the world of Wallace and Gromit. So join me tomorrow as we talk about A Close Shave. Thank you for listening. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on The Wrong Trouser. And thank you so much for your support of this podcast over the last four years. And that is regardless of whether you're listening to this, this is your first episode, or whether you've listened to every single episode. Genuinely so grateful for your support. It's been a journey. It's been a ride, and I've loved every minute. I'm not going to be doing a normal episode in the sense of I'm not going to be going through comments, and I'm going to try and condense these episodes down basically to get them all done in the space of time that I have. But if you have enjoyed this episode, please go and listen to other episodes, obviously, but also. If you do want to help this podcast grow, you can get involved and you can leave a rating or review wherever you found this podcast. You could follow me on social media. I am at Verbal Diorama. I am on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Letterboxd, Hive, Mastodon, and Post. And you can retweet or like posts wherever you find me. Or you could simply just tell your friends and family about this podcast and help it grow organically and naturally by word of mouth. That would also be amazing and I would be so grateful. I haven't done an obligatory Keanu reference this episode so off the top of my head I could only suggest that a character like Feathers McGraw would not survive up against a character like John Wick. I think even though Feathers McGraw is cruel and calculating he would not stand a chance against Keanu with John Wick. Although let's be honest I don't think many characters would stand a chance against John Wick but I'm not planning Obligate references for these episodes. I'm just going to kind of think of them off the cuff. A quick shout out to the amazing patrons of Verbal Diorama. I am so grateful for your continued support and thank you so much for being there for me. But I'm going to sign off for now, everyone. And I will see you tomorrow for more Wallace and Gromit in A Close Shave. And finally. Gromit! Gromit! mind the table
0: ah, Oh, oh, oh. <coughs> gotcha. oh. oh no,
1: Bye!
0: New Vision